0: With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible.
1: What is up? Welcome into Mizzou. that who here on the Kansas City Sports Network. I am one of your wonderful co-hosts, Tucker Franklin, joined as always by Gabe Diarman and Maggie Johnson. Mizzou coming off a tough loss uh, at home. I think I saw it described as heartbreaking uh, by uh, uh, some people. Not me. I wouldn't have necessarily said heartbreaking. Um, it's one of those where you're playing with house money against the number one team in the, in the country. Uh, with the Georgia Bulldogs close game all the way through. Mizzou had a lead in the fourth quarter. Had a lead with, I th- I can't remember necessarily the timing of it, but I mean, About they had right a lead late in the game. Yeah, They're had a lead late minutes. in that game. And if you would have told me Missouri would have had a lead late in the game, I would have said, okay, what happened to uh, Stetson Bennett? What happened to uh, all, the, all the guys that they had? But no, Missouri played well, stuck in there with them, made me feel a little bit better. We'll get into that more, but
2: Gabe, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh ready to go again. Um you know, it was it was fun to be at Faro for a game that felt like a big game cuz it'd been a minute.
1: I I have to com- I have to admit on this podcast I was invited to go to that game. Someone said, "Hey, I have a ticket for you. You can come to the game." And I said, oh, "Chiefs play the next day is a primetime game. It'd be late for me getting back." Uh, kind of weighed my pros and cons and I said, "You know, I, I Probably just gonna stick this one out if the Chiefs maybe had the Monday night game like they do this week. Maybe that's a game that I say, you know what? Let's just go. Let's go and have some fun. Tough one for me. Uh that I didn't I didn't take advantage of that opportunity. But Maggie, you were there, correct?
3: I was there. I Same. was given tickets and I did attend the game. Um, and it was amazing. It is the best I've seen for a look. I mean, some people were saying the Texas AM game. I'd honestly maybe even go back to the 2010. OU game is what I would maybe compare it to and I mean I was tweeting all week I was like get your butt so there's no reason and looks like I got I understood we just like had were heartbroken Auburn was more heartbreaking for me because we won we had that game won um, against the team that we are better than you know that one was a little I used the word deflating I, I felt more deflated after this win and it was just like because we were up 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 and you know you were so excited and then couple things happen and then you're down and I don't know it's it's hard but it's exciting to see them then moving in a positive direction because I think that's probably the takeaway of the week for me
1: I think so too uh that was a game that uh really no expectations for Mizzou coming in right I mean we recorded a whole podcast and didn't even focus on that game because we said okay Mizzou's favorite or Mizzou's 29 point dogs it's not going to be close they came out, they played really well on the defensive side of the ball. Um, for me, though, I've I've turned into a pessimist again just because uh, a couple times, you know, you take a couple shots, then you get a little shy is basically kind of what I, what I like to describe. And I never really thought Mizzou was going to win that game. I always thought that yeah. something was going to happen, that, that Georgia was going to come out. Uh, Georgia is much like Alabama where they can turn it on when they need to. You saw Alabama do that in the Arkansas game when that game got close. Alabama was just like okay we're going to score touchdowns now and that's what happened with Georgia uh, so Gabe I'm kind of curious to like your thoughts of like what was the feeling like you know from the press box of like was this game ever did it, did you ever feel like Mizzou was going to win that game or did it always feel like Georgia was going to kind of figure it out and, and find a way to win
2: yeah I uh late second quarter when they get when Cody Schrader runs for 63 yards and gets caught on the six inch line and by the way credit to whoever the Georgia dude was who chased him down. Cause a lot of guys don't do that. Right. Um, Chased him down on the, the six inch line and they got a full start on the next play. And I just, I said, then I'm like, that feels like something that we're going to remember because at 20 to three, like it, it, if, if it's 20 to three, Georgia has to be pretty close to perfect because that's a three score game. At 16-3, they're going, hey, we're still two plays. It, 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 we need six minutes to do this. It's not that big a deal. Then when Missouri came out and traded punches a little bit with them in the third quarter, I mean, when they're up, what was it, 19-9, started thinking, eh, there's a shot here, right? Um, I, I mean, mid. I will admit to during the third quarter, DMing and texting with the general manager at Harpo's and saying – yo chase said he was going to pay for the tab and i'd like to do our post game show from down there is it doable (laughs) and they were going to give me a dj booth i was going to set up up there if missouri won i I said obviously we'll wait and see but if they hang on i'll text you when i'm on my way and uh we had it set up appreciate them um you know thinking about it doing it but Mm -hmm. uh it just they kind of hit a wall and there never there was never a point in the second half where I felt like this is going Missouri's way. It just kind of seemed like you just kept looking up at the clock going, can it can it go any faster? Can it get and it just it wasn't gonna work?
3: No, I first off, shout out to Chase Daniel and um Big Cat because that was pretty yeah. awesome. It's pretty awesome that he sent the two thousand dollars anyways, big cat did so. Shout out to him. Doubt he's listening, but you know if you want to listen.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I've heard he's a
3: big Mizzou that Who fan. <laughs> um, so that was really awesome. I also so around the the second was feeling out of the box, like out of myself, positive a little bit. Um, people were kept messaging me because I have a pretty wide range of followers from different fan bases on Twitter. And they're all like, oh, my gosh, Maggie's probably freaking out. What's happening in Columbia? Like, all of these things. And I'm just like, stop talking to me. It's so early in this game. And I was (laughs) – because, I mean, I've seen so much heartbreak. And then you're right, Gabe. There were just things that started happening, like the -the hands-to-the-face call. And, you know, um, I'm pretty sure the no call on Burden's pass interference, I think, was in the third – I remember if that I was think the second that, and the third. I
2: think that was in the third cuz that's the direction mm-hmm. they were going, yeah. Yes,
3: and everything just kept kind of seeming like okay, that is not working in our favor, and then we just started letting them move the ball fast. So then yeah. when we got down, they scored, even when they scored and we had 4 minutes left, and then it just started looking like a different team that had been playing. We did 3. There. We have 4 minutes left. We're on what, the 35. I'm like, why are we not yeah. Oh, 25. I'm sorry. Why are we not running the ball and taking some time off the clock? You know, playing a six yard at a time thing and to get down the field. It just felt weird. It felt mm-hmm. like we were setting ourselves up to lose. And after Georgia scored that touchdown, which is this is something I didn't like either. Fans just started up the aisles. You saw them go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's still four minutes left in this game. Like, I I wouldn't win. have left at
2: that point, but I also had no expectate. That game yeah. was over. I yeah. I, I just I, I had no expectation Missouri could go down the field and score.
1: And that was couldn't. Maggie. The drive you're talking about, right? They were still up three, and I think Drinkwood was it. Drinkwood's threw the ball three straight times. No, we no, were down. That,
2: that was after Georgia went up 26 Okay, okay. Yeah, we were they down. got within three with like nine fifty left. They took the That's lead right. with four oh three left.
1: So I think I'm thinking of the drive that like after the offensive drive after Georgia got within three was not a very good drive either.
2: Um, I mean, most of the dr- offensive drives were not <laughs> particularly good. Yeah. Dri- like, yeah, that's fair. We can harp on play calling and I'm sure we'll talk about the last drive because I didn't agree with the strategy. But I don't know what you're going to call that works when yeah. I mean, the the numbers look good rushing but it was largely about three plays
3: Mm
2: that they they threw the ball pretty well in the first half. But once Dominic Lovett was out of that game, there was nothing that worked on Mm -hmm. offense. I I mean, they were, once Georgia went up four, and you knew Missouri needed a touchdown. I, I just didn't see how it was doable.
3: It felt almost like the end of the Kentucky game last year when we blocked the, we blocked the punt, the field goal and we got the ball back and we couldn't do anything we just couldn't we couldn't move and that's exactly how it felt deja vu moments
1: i i think uh, shout out to Harrison Mevis, by the way uh for after Absolutely. a catastrophic game uh for him to come out and nail a 56 yarder and nail a couple fifty yarders, I think, is mm-hmm. what he ended up with, and the swag with what he would nail those with, and then walk off the field. The you would three not guess.
2: Video of the strut is, I've watched <laughs> it seriously like eighty five times. It's amazing.
3: Same.
1: You would not have guessed that that guy missed a twenty six yarder the day the, or the week before the for a game. But um, shout out to him. That was the best. He's the best offensive player for Missouri right now. Mm-hmm. Um, might actually be the leading scorer.
2: I, I would saw have somewhere to,
3: that. I saw I somewhere confused, that though. in this game, he outscored Oregon and South Carolina's points combined <laughs> against Georgia. I mean, he That's was leading
2: Georgia league. when the fourth quarter started. He was ahead of Georgia yeah. 16-12 at the start of the fourth quarter. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I'm, there's not a lot of college kickers. I spend a lot of time watching college football. Um, my girlfriend, Tara, even mentioned she's like, the kickers in college football aren't as good as they are in the NFL. And I was like, no.
2: like <laughs> neither, neither, by the way, is any other position
1: right yes like this isn't as good as a football as the nfl and i said no
2: it's not so why do you watch but, it but it's, it's better fun. than like blue valley you know yeah
3: yeah it's like <laughs> the best of high, high school,
2: school players
1: it's right. but the nfl is the best of the college players yeah. um no i think <laughs> that game was was certainly it was fun to see how the other half live right i think is kind of how you can describe that game uh for a little bit um as a uh, as people got upset at me because I tweeted out something like, man, this drive has Georgia touchdown written all over it. And it was Missouri was still up 10 and they gave the ball right back without getting a field goal. And I was just like that. This is has Georgia touchdown written all over it. People were like, oh, stop being so negative. It'll it'll be OK. But then when I tweet something positive, they're just like, hey, don't you remember? <laughs> don't you remember who you were a fan of? It's just like I
3: can't right. win. be a realist.
1: <laughs> I know.
2: You know? Yeah, but, but I mean, that's what good teams do, you know, right. I, I mean, good teams win that game by playing f- six good minutes and bad teams talk about how they were two plays away from winning that game. I, I mean, that that's the difference between uh, being where Georgia is and not being where Georgia is at this point, and,
4: you know, watching
3: uh, watching that game too, it. It's like good teams versus bad teams. Yes but I wouldn't call us like bad because I don't think that's fair to the defense. To be perfectly honest with you, we can say that we're 50% bad or whatever we want to say, but that defense deserves. a Yeah. We're a good half team. The defense deserves a lot of credit and I could, I would not be able to sleep at night if I was like, our defense is bad. They don't deserve that.
2: Yeah. No, that was the first time this season. I came away from a game saying, Oh wait, this defense is actually good. Mm -hmm. Like, Because I wasn't sure through the first four games. I think it's actually a good defense. I think also Stetson Bennett was bad in that game. Yeah. Like, I mean, he had some open guy, he had opportunities. And I I it was really there were at least five or six times where I just said, How's he not
3: make that throw? Well, his receivers bailed him out a lot in the fourth, too. They made some great catches.
2: Those tight ends are (laughs)
3: special they're monsters. And I mean, without them, if he's throwing to regular tight ends or whatever, I mean, they probably don't win that game, but they made some amazing catches. I was in the stands for the one, the Brock Bowers catch. And I looked, I went, did he catch that? Cause like, it was such a good catch and it was was super far away from where I was, but uh, no, they're, they're monsters.
1: Was it Bowers or, or it was a Darnell Washington where that he caught the ball at the same time as hitting? I can't. It was a Chris Abrams drain that got hit at the same killed. time. Yeah. And like they like Chris Abrams dream went five yards backwards like after <laughs> after hitting him. And like to, to, to Chris Abrams drain credit, Darnell Washington went backwards, too, which is very hard to do. But I mean, he, he just went flying out of like the frame. um. But yeah early on in the game too, the wide receivers dropped a lot of balls. I think they had that one wide receiver that had like a mm-hmm. punt or something. McConkey dropped yeah, one. He dropped one. And, and there was a couple times where the defense was a little bailed out by, by some of the decision-making number one of Stetson Bennett and just the lack of execution by the wide receivers, the fumble, the the fumble that was recovered by, yeah. by Mizzou's defense. That was Stetson Bennett's fault. Um, I've never really thought Stetson Bennett's that great of a quarterback. I, the, Jordan Palmer was like trying to convince everybody that Stetson Bennett's like a Heisman trophy winner. Um, And I just never I'm, seen that he's going to sell used cars in Athens when he's done. He's not going to be an like, he, he could
2: win that. the Heisman because, and I say, this as someone who votes for it. Most of the people who vote for it, just vote for the quarterback of the best team. So it, That's you know, true. it's not, nobody votes for the best player. Um, But he's, I mean, look, he won a national title, but quarterback wins are the dumbest stat ever. Like there's 22 guys out there. Nobody keeps track of the defensive ends record. You know, it it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you've got to, like quarterback play was not the difference in that game. No. On on Saturday. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what was except just a couple, like Georgia made a couple plays and Missouri just failed to make a couple at the right, wrong time.
1: Yeah. And I think that, the so going back to the defense, I will still want to talk about the defense here. Um, this team seemed like a different team than it did in the first four weeks. This a defense that uh, Blake Baker was probably cooking some stuff up. They saw some stunts too that uh got some of these guys. Tyron Hopper had a couple free runs at Stetson Bennett. Um, I really liked what I saw from the front seven. The front seven's nasty, I think. Uh, the defensive ends were playing very well. Um, Man, I I don't think you could be happier with the performance than when you get the number one team in the country, and, and you basically have the lead on them the whole game. Yeah, they come up over the top, or like they, they they end up winning the game. But you know, you hold them like that you the whole game. I don't think you could be very upset, especially when you talk about where you came from, uh, where where this defense came from even a year ago to even a week ago. You know, like this defense has taken some some big steps in the time
2: that Blake Bakers taking it over. Yeah, he deserves uh, – I called it kind of an audition for a head coaching job. I mean, he's he's done a hell of a job. And that that defensive line, I mean, from the jump, Christian Williams on the second play of the game was in the backfield. Trajan Jeffcoat and Isaiah McGuire I thought were all over the place. I I thought Tyron Hopper was the best player in the game, which is yeah. saying something when you're playing Georgia. But, you know, we were down on the field because we always go down there to see what recruits are there and just kind of check out, you know, who's dressed, who's not dressed, all that um my guy gerard hamilton was standing there and here comes uh god now i can't think of his name but J- Jalen carter just kind of like wandering through missouri stretch lines and stuff and Jaden jernigan and darius robinson got in his face and they're yelling at each other he tweeted out video of it and stuff they had to take carter back to the georgia locker room these guys and it, like we were all talking on the sideline and we're like yo don't don't poke the bear man like I know you can't just let them walk through your 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 huddle and all that. So yeah. make a point, but A, what the hell's Jalen Carter doing? But B also like don't make a mad. But I think that actually fired Missouri up because they came out and it wasn't just, yeah, they were they were stopping guys, but I mean they were all over the place defensively. They looked faster and more athletic than they've looked in any other game this year.
3: They didn't have anything to lose. And I think a lot of the times when you play yeah. like that, I mean you're you're gonna at least you know you're gonna make a statement i th- honestly like that crowd play had to have played a role yes. they were pumped the yep. entire sideline i saw cody schrader up on benches jumping during the defense like i mean it was amazing and there's no way that they didn't feed off of that energy i mean it was just great
1: Yeah. Uh, was you could tell on the TV broadcast that Fro was rocking and yep. you have something they hadn't seen like that in a long time, which is really great to see um, that happen and kind of watching this defense and, and watching this team as a whole and seeing it seems like a different team uh, it kind of made me rethink my expectations for this team. Not saying that I'm going to say, Hey, they're going to be, be a Bull team. Be careful. Gabe you know that after every <laughs> game we make sweeping judgments <laughs> on the rest know. of the season you know, know this is how this works uh but it made me get a little bit more confidence to say hey this team could be Vanderbilt um because as you guys know I was not on the this team could be Vanderbilt train um a week ago so if you look at the schedule moving forward Gabe did it kind of what, what are you are you managing your expectations better than I am basically I'm, is what i'm asking I'm
2: waiting for next week okay because I mean, there's two parts to it. First of all, they deserve a lot of credit for playing with Georgia. And I'm not trying to take any of that away, but they didn't win the game. And if you win that game, it is the lead story on every college football show that night. If you lose that game, it's there, it's mentioned, but everybody kind of forgets about it pretty quick because teams struggle all the time. You know, I mean, uh, Bama Texas was a big story for a minute and then it kind of went away. Um, so what I want to see is th- I'm impressed they got up off the mat from what happened to him at Auburn. Eli Drinkwitz deserves a lot of credit for that. But they also had the number one team in the country coming to their place for a night game in front of a near sellout crowd. That's a lot easier to get up for than a middle of the road Florida team at noon in the swamp. So, If Missouri, I mean, I said after the game, if they play that game seven more weeks, they're going to win every game the rest of the way if they play like that. But what if they come out and they spent everything they had on Georgia and it was a loss and they're flat at Florida? And I don't think that's out of the question. Like this team now, as hard as it was to get up off the mat after Auburn, now they got to do it again. Yeah, And that's tough. And it's what we talk about every week. Like, last week doesn't impact next week. If you play that way, it, it it raised what I think the ceiling is for this team, but we've still seen the ceiling of this team once and the floor three times. So, you got to prove you're that team more than you're the other one.
3: And we struggle at winning away games. Let's just call yeah. call a spade let's just call a spade <laughs> yeah. a spade so it doesn't, you know, make things any better. But I do want to say, and obviously we did lose that game and it sucked, but all I kept thinking about was, gosh, that would have been so cool to win that game with Samuel M. Pemba in town. Like it would have been so cool to win that game after Oklahoma just lost by 30. And there's major recruits from the state of Missouri committed to Oklahoma. Like it just, uh, it was more of like less about so much winning the game. Cause we went into it knowing we probably wouldn't, but so many other pieces that come with winning a game where was was what I was kind of like thinking about after that game it was less about the win column and more about kind of you know because if boundaries. you win that
2: game that's the kind of game that gets people to come back right yeah. that say mm-hmm. man I went to that and that was really fun and I'm not saying there are people that say well I went and it was awesome but they lost so screwed I'm never going back that's uh, that's not it but that's the a win could be season changing maybe program changing an almost win maybe it can be i don't know but again i gotta see what they do the next couple of weeks before i'm convinced
3: of it well let's there were talk some about big accounts on there were sorry sir there were some big accounts on twitter that were messaging me and just solely based off of this game being like i want to go to a game of missouri big game is one of them they're like i it looked so great that they want to come to a game you know and it would. Just, how amazing would it be if we could do that? And how many more extra wins would we regular. get if we could do that? Right. Yeah, yeah, just like a regular game, yeah. Right.
0: So. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: looking at the schedule here, you know, going into this year we knew they had a lot of road games, a lot of tough road games too at Florida as we mentioned. then they have the bye week. Uh, they have host Vanderbilt then have then have to go to South Carolina they, they get Kentucky at home then have to go to Tennessee. Um, the Tennessee South Carolina and Florida games are all very tough road games. Um, and, and looking at that going going forward now knowing kind of what we have about this team, we talked about this. We were kind of talking about this before we started in our uh, production meeting, you could say, uh for the for the show, about what what Missouri has to do to get Bill eligible, right? You can you, you can pencil in I think you can pencil in a Vanderbilt and New Mexico State win, right? That'll get you yeah. to four wins. Um you have to steal two more wins, and those two wins have to come against Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, um
3: Arkansas. Arkansas.
1: Arkansas, yeah. You got to win two
2: of those games. You have to win
1: two of them. Do I think if that team plays, you know, if that team shows up again, do I think they can win two of those games? I do. Do I think that team will show up again? I don't know. I really don't know. That's the that's the biggest what if is what team is going to show
2: up on a week to week basis. And that's the question for every team in America, right? But the difference is, a team like Georgia. They don't have to necessarily show up to win. I mean, most of their game. It, they they can walk on the field, and they're probably going to be eight and four to start the season for the most part. Just talent alone, uh, Missouri's got to play well, and so now he's got to figure out whatever happened last week. Figure out something to replace. Hey, here comes Georgia, and their all-American defensive lineman just walked through your huddle and you got 60,000 fans, like there has to be something else to get them up. Um, Because if, if they lose at Florida this week, let's be honest, they're two and four and almost winning at Georgia still, it, it, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't do anything to further the, the, the goals of this season, but it gives you some hope that, Hey, maybe they're better than anybody gave them credit for last week, but, It proves like it's never as good as you think it is, but also all the should we fire Eli Drinkwitz" 12 minutes after the Georgia game ends talk a week ago. I mean, we said all along, they weren't as bad as they looked at Kansas state and they probably aren't consistently as good as they looked Saturday.
3: But the game on Saturday gave me like looking forward to the Georgia game, the Kentucky game, or I'm sorry, the um, Florida game, the Kentucky game and all of that man, they put a lot of hope in us yeah. they, hope. Yeah. <laughs> to the regular fan. They gave us a yeah. lot of hope. And am I saying we're going to go into Florida and win that game? I don't know. But if they show up at home against Kentucky like that, if they show up at home against Arkansas like that, because Arkansas is really not that great of a football team. Um, you know, they kept it close with them after with Alabama, after Alabama lost Bryce Young, but they're not unbeatable by any means.
2: Here's the secret about the SEC. There's only really two great teams every year. Yeah. Like they like to tell everybody, well, our 12th place team can beat your 12th place team. I mean, probably, but your 12th place team still kind of sucks. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's only like the the whole thing about the SEC has been built on, well, our 10th place team can beat our third place team. Yeah. I mean, we we're talking before the ninth place team in the Big Twelve might be able to beat the first place team in the Big Twelve, but it doesn't mean the Big is great. You know, <laughs> it means they have a bunch of teams that can beat each other on any given day. I, I think the SEC has two teams at another level, and I'm not sure there's. I, I mean, who's the third best team in the SEC? Ole Miss, I guess,
3: probably you maybe. know, yeah, or Tennessee.
2: Tennessee, at this point, yeah, Tennessee can and like good. I think Tennessee's good, but you know, they're not, they, you can invent worlds in
3: which a bottom half of the sec team is going to beat them. Yeah. They're not going to the these days, mid offs. I think everybody in the sec is like, it's just a mid off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, too, luckily for the sec, both of their good teams are on other sides of the division. Unlike the big 10 two of their good teams are on the same side of the division. And they got one division. That's absolutely bad. Um, but yeah, that's what I always think about these these games, um, these Florida games are always weird games. It seems like something always weird happens in a Florida game, whether it's Missouri goes and blows them out, and it's just like that's weird. That wasn't really supposed to happen, or Florida blows Missouri out, um, or, or there's
2: Florida. a fight and one coach <laughs> trolls the other coach who just got fired, and yeah,
1: there's nothing normal happens in a Missouri Florida game. It's just. Just the beauty of the beast the nature of of the game nothing normal is going to happen so prepare yourself for the unexpected in this game florida got a good quarterback better than Setson Bennett. I'll say that right now I'll I'll die on that hill uh anthony richardson hasn't played the best consistently but he is a good uh, a good quarterback something Mizzou's going to have to watch out for the defense is going to have to watch out for florida's been in a lot of weird games this year uh a lot of weirdly close games the south florida game South Florida probably should have won that should've game. Won. Um they Utah probably should have won that game too against uh Florida U- U- Cam-, it was close. Cam Rising, yeah. is that his name? Um yeah. it makes a better decision like he usually does, and I think that they, they win that game. But nevertheless, Missouri goes to the swamp. As you mentioned, Gabe, eleven a.m. kickoff. Um that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Uh this game right here.
2: It's the best time to go there. I've been to a noon game at the Swamp, and it's dead. I mean, there's a lot of empty seats. And people, this is not a game Florida fans are going to be up for. Um, You know, you should have every opportunity to go in there and and play well. But, again, man, I don't know. They're 20-year-old kids. I You know, who knows what they're going to – they probably don't know what they're having for dinner, much less if they're going to play well next Saturday.
3: I feel like – I keep seeing all these tweets in, uh, from Mizzou players that we hadn't really seen early in the season, and it really just seems like there's just a different vibe now. I think after that Auburn game, they just feel diff. I don't know. Maybe they just weren't posting about it. Maybe someone was like, "You need to post about how close you guys are to, get to each other." <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't because everyone's freaking out. But I mean, I just feel like there's so much more like connectivity between a lot of these players now, and I I just think they're dying for one. I really do. I think we have a bunch of competitors on our team. I think Hopper wants to go into Florida and, you know, do the thing. I, he got a lot of crap for leaving. He got a lot of crap for leaving Florida to go to Missouri. You, you know, a, a program historically not as good, but while well, in the SEC, just as good. Mm. So, good yeah, point. I mean, I mean, I would love to go up a game on Florida. I would love to, to end, this, end this game on Saturday and be like, well, you know, we have a winning record against Florida, right? <laughs> like, I'd love the, to do that. Nice. Here's the
2: thing to me. Like Barrett Bannister said on on Saturday night, he said, you know, the, the water, it keeps building up, and eventually the dam's going to break, and you're going to get one of these. But it has to break because the danger is, if it doesn't, the frustration level of, you know, we can't keep banging our head into this wall. Um, and so, you know, like I I think they've gone in four weeks, they've gone from a team that forgot to show up to a team that lost on the last play to a team that lost late to an actual good team. So there's only one step left, but that step has to get taken at some point soon, because if it doesn't, you start to, you know, then, then all the, the excitement, I mean, you see it all the time. How many how many half teams can go through a season? At what point does the defense say, I don't know what else we can do, guys? Like, you got to help at, at some point, you know? And and I don't get any sense of any finger pointing or anything. I'm just saying at some point that dam does have to break because otherwise that's where it ends up. Your best offensive player can, can, can point be a the
3: kicker. We can point the fingers because we're not players, but.
2: Well, I mean, if you We know why we're not winning play, games. You know which half of the team is the issue. There's no <laughs> question. Right. I think Ray Charles
1: could figure that out. Uh, what, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what side of the, the football it is, but no, I, man, I would just love to see some points be scored. And I think you're going to have to score some points obviously to win hot take by me. Wow. Uh, watch yeah. out. You have to score some but, points to but win. Like this, I'm just going to
2: have to win games 24 to 20. Yeah. I don't know that they can go out and beat anybody in this league. 38, 35, except maybe Vandy, you know,
3: I also would like to point out that last week we talked about that Georgia game and I did say lots of weird things happen in those Georgia games. And I talked about all the weird ones. So I will tell you one thing too. I was probably around the middle of the third. I was getting, okay. I wasn't like super optimistic, but I was already planning out tweets that I was going to post in my head if we (laughs) won that game. And a lot of them was going to (laughs) be not yelling, but you know, tweeting at Mizzou fans that sold their tickets um, and things like that. So, uh, but yeah. I mean, hey,
2: if you can make $500
3: and avoid thinking you're going to see your team get beat 48 to 7, you know. And and I understand yeah. the, the thinking of it, but I just kind of wanted, you know, the field to get rushed and stuff while people were, you know, sold their I Yeah, I was, I was planning to go down on
2: the field. <laughs> to kind of be able to get the reaction and, and all that. Um it it would have been cool. Um yeah. it's it it feels like you were talking about it at the beginning. It just feels like a missed opportunity to me.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, you're not in that position a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what
1: the Drinkwitz's conversation, Jordan Rogers was like in the broadcast. I guess he was in the locker room and they did the thing where they did with RG3 where they ran him out with the team. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, very, very odd. Um, and then they started like calling the game just on the sidelines. Like everyone who was like on the broadcast was just like standing on the sidelines. I was like, how are they calling this game right now? Um, but anyway, they must have had like a monitor or something. He said that Drinkwood's conversation to the team was just about how this is opportunity right here. Like this is an opportunity to take, and and kind of run with it. And I think that that's kind of what they did. They had an opportunity, they didn't quite take advantage of it but uh they made me feel a little bit better about them they made me feel a little bit better about the outlook moving forward um i looked at the line for this game uh from our friends at uh, DraftKings minus 11 in favor of florida at home it opened at 10 that's uh, yeah so it's pushed up to 11 am i wrong in thinking that i feel like that's a little high
2: I mean, I've predicted every game pretty much wrong, so who am I to ask, to be quite honest? Um I thought it would be closer to it, eight. It somewhere. seems a little high, but like they don't build the big shiny buildings with all the lights because they're wrong all the time. You know?
3: It's true. Well they were wrong last week, so
2: they were wrong by last a lot. week. <laughs> they
3: they were
2: were wrong, wrong by a lot last week. I mean yeah, I know, nine out
3: of ten times they might be right, but they weren't right. Well.
2: well, and, you know, like a line's not a prediction. It's what can we get people to bet on both sides of so we don't lose any money. You know, so there, it, it's not necessarily saying, hey, we think Florida is going to win by 10. It's, hey, we think enough people will think Florida will lose by 10 and the same number will think Missouri will lose by less than, or win by 10. <laughs> and the same number will think Missouri will lose by less than 10 and we'll take the, the juice and build more buildings. So...
1: I'm curious to, to your guys' thoughts on this. Does Missouri have to win this game for you to feel good about them
2: moving forward for the rest of the season?
1: Is this a must win?
2: Uh, <laughs> what do you mean feel good? Like to play in a bowl game or just to think it's going the right direction? Or... I
1: think I think to feel good about the, the direction of the program.
2: They don't have to win this one necessarily, but – like they've got to find a co- one or two of those that you were talking. I mean, I said at the beginning of the season they've got to have a winning record for me to feel good. Yeah. Now, could they end up six and six and you feel okay? Yeah, but I still think at the end of the year, if you're six and six, you'll kind of look back and go, Auburn, man, what happened?
4: You Same know? Um,
2: yeah, and maybe George. So, yeah, they've they've got to they've got to come out and and close the deal on one of these and beating Florida is not the same as beating Georgia, but it it would still make people take notice a little bit.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think they need to get the road win. And I think that's what it's, it's not a must win, but if we're going to steal a road win, I find it more likely that it's going to be at Florida. I mean, it could possibly be at South Carolina. Like, I won't count that one out because, you know, we won there two years ago and whatnot, but I don't think it's unwinnable. And Drink needs to go out there and get the road win. And if he can get that road win, there's going to be a lot of people off of the fire drink train and more And like, you're right. Like, okay, now we believe. Like, let's finish the season strong and get into next year. I think there'll be a lot of people that'll feel that way.
2: I think if they win this game, there's a decent chance they're going to be five and three at the end of the month. Because, you know, you got Vandy. You're at South Carolina. Those are, you know, um, so if they're sitting five and three, they played well four weeks in a row. And one of those was a a close loss to the number one team in the country. Then I think there's going to be a lot of, oh, hang on. We got something going here. But again, we do this every week where we just project the next 17 years based on what we just saw. (laughs) And it usually ends up looking stupid.
1: That's how college football works. Um, Maggie, do you have any Twitter questions before we uh, head out
3: of here? Yeah. So actually that was that was kind of one. It led a little bit. So it was at Mizzou Mike 03. What makes this season a success? Does making a bowl make it a success? Does winning a road game make it a success? Multiple road games? I,
2: I can't sell five and seven as a successful season. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't do it. Um, Now you can do some things at five and seven that I, I mean, it's really kind of about development. Does Luther become a better player? Cause like low key guy, all the, all the drama last week. It's not, the fact is he's gotta be better, you know, and it's a process, um, but everybody's out here screaming at the coach and I'm not sure that's accurate, but uh, is Luther a better player? Do, do you have a quarterback? Whoever that quarterback might be by the end of the season, do you feel like you have a quarterback? Um, You know, so you can see some things that, You feel good, but bare minimum for me, this team's got to be in a bowl game to feel like you're going the right direction.
1: I think it's a bowl game and a bowl win. Uh, I haven't had a bowl win in a feels like forever. Um,
2: Where's the last bowl? It's been a bit like 2014. 2014, I think.
3: Against Minnesota in the Citrus Bowl, I think. Yeah,
2: I think that's right.
3: (sighs) It's been, I mean, we played Texas in that Texas Bowl and we went into it pretty confident. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
1: Stupid face.
3: Mm. I hate Tom <laughs> I know, no. Uh, I, but yeah,
1: no. I think I think he got to win a bowl game. Um, from Drink's point of view, I think it it maybe buys him an extra year if he does get a bowl game win. But that'd be by the for way, me. Co- yeah.
3: by the way, College Game Day talked about um uh, the Luther Byrne thing, which I people. Saw how I felt about that on Twitter, but yeah, that was, it was I uh, thought it was extremely inappropriate and bad just, journalism. Just so <laughs> we can
2: clear this up. But like I posted this on our site, but if there's people listening that don't subscribe to PowerMizzou.com, turn it off. You do not a lot of listen anymore. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if there are, like, from what I was told last week, the the whole transfer stuff is so overblown, and there's no thought of it. He's frustrated. He's not playing well he was frustrated by all the talk he saw of people thinking he was going to transfer. And it said, Oh, I need to clear out some of the social media stuff. Now, when you're 18, you might not quite realize as soon as you do that, grown men all over the country are going to assume the worst and run to their keyboards and panic, um, which is another discussion. So, you know, but Luther's here, the rest of the year and people say, well, only the rest of the year, what happens? I don't know what happens after that. Every player in America might transfer after that. You know, I mean, look at what's happened the last few years.
3: Yeah. At this point, I, you know, you don't want love it to go. You, I mean, there's multiple players you don't want to go. So, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I Thank you for clearing that up for us, Gabe at power. Yes, do what I can. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to ask another question. Um, at AR Rosen 76. What type of impact does Saturday night's atmosphere and on-field product have on recruiting?
2: It helps. I mean, when kids walk away from kids who are at that game are going to walk away and say, wow, that was that was cool. I'd like to see that again. Um, you know, always when you have kids in on visits, there are programs that have all their visitors in during the season. Ohio State does it. Nebraska does it because they can bring them in and show them 85,000, 90,000 people in the stadium. And oh my God, Missouri tends to have its recruits in in December because they can sell, hey, we're going to give you all this one-on-one attention. And let's be honest, most game days at Faro, if they visit for a Mizzou game and then they go visit Tennessee and Auburn and somewhere else, you put your best foot forward with, with what you sell. So having a night like that definitely helps. Um, but I think the key for... Missouri is what do you do at three o'clock on October 15th when Vanderbilt's in town? I know it's homecoming, so there'll be a decent number of people. I, I refuse to throw New Mexico state in there, but you know what, what's the turnout like for the Kentucky game? It needs to be because Saturday night still wasn't a sellout. And there were a lot of Georgia fans there. Like if you want to do this, then yes, the team has to give you a reason, but also Saturday night needs to be more the norm than something we're talking about. Like that was the coolest thing we've seen in seven years.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, By the way, uh, just for our listeners, um, don't show up to fro on October 15th because we don't have a game. Um, We play Vanderbilt on October 22nd, so... Please show up yeah, for homecoming. <laughs> Please show up for homecoming then. Okay, okay, so this is the last question. I mean show Can up it... on
2: October 15th if you yeah, want I mean, to want... we'll hang out. Check out the oh, stadium. Uh,
3: but speaking you know, of recruits though, by CJ's the way, is good. we had some great basketball recruits in town this weekend, yes. right? Yeah. Wasn't that yeah, that was
2: I mean, there, that the madness. basketball thing was cool on Friday night? That
3: was yeah, fun. that was really cool. I kept getting like videos and mm-hmm. smart. Was smart to put it there because when they put it at Mizzou Arena. Yeah,
2: 2,000 people on the quad looks a lot better than 2,000 people in the (laughs) arena.
3: Yeah, and like the laser show was awesome. So shout out to Mizzou basketball for uh, men's and women's was there, too, is correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to both of them. That um, looked like it was really cool. So here's the last question. It's just a personal question, but I thought it was kind of fun. So at M-I-Z underscore C-FIN, is your favorite Mizzou helmet we've ever worn? We've had so many different styles of them, and
1: Gabe doesn't have any uh, opinions have on uniforms. Opinion. I know really? this because I tweeted. I, I tweeted out know, about I the uniforms. Hate uniform talk.
3: Oh mm. my gosh!
1: He hates it. The helmets like, is a very po-
3: helmets are a very popular conversation in my Mizzou group chats. Because... Wear
2: wear pink jerseys and tutus, and if you go eleven and one, everybody's gonna love
3: it. <laughs> I mean, probably true. I'm gonna. I'll go ahead and say I'm, mine. Well, so I have two. Oh, well, kind of two. So back in July, I tweeted at Mizzou Football and I asked for a script helmet and I made a huge thing about it, like a a big tweet. Everyone was retweeting and stuff. We got our script helmet. Wasn't my favorite script helmet that we could have possibly done. Um, I know I feel bad like saying that, but they could have done a little bit better in the script helmet. So uh, DM me, Mizzou Football, if you're listening and you want help with a good script helmet. My other favorites are, I love the matte black with the chrome silver tiger. Not everybody's favorite, but I think it looks dope. And the white with the chrome silver tiger as well. I'm a big
1: fan. Uh, I know a lot of people like the block M. Like, that's just a classic, you know, the block M. People were upset when they went to the tiger. But I like the tiger on the side of the helmet. Um, or you go all the way back with the in the giant tiger on the yellow helmet. Um, oh, that, that was just. It was obnoxious.
3: <laughs> no, I <laughs> it was, like. They, well, they what, wore those, those are in the Alabama. Ones I like those are the chrome ones. I like the bigger tiger. Yeah. I don't really like the oval tiger, but also the sailor ones. The sailor tiger. That's
1: liberty. They've cool had a lot of helmets.
3: Yeah, the liberty Bull one. They, well, that's why somebody asked it because they were like, "We've had so many helmets," and they really did want Gabe and Tucker's opinion. So I guess Gabe's not going to give it, and I'm sorry. I, I'll say
2: this: the only uniforms that i remember thinking those are really cool i like the stormtrooper uniforms they were i think it was against byu maybe mm-hmm. at arrowhead the all white, all white. Those are cool. those are very and cool. i liked the uh i can't remember what they called it but like nike combat uniforms or something they wore against ku with the matte gray helmet yeah that was cool i, I like those
3: there that's you go, Cole. You got that. you got, I, I like got the answer for you.
2: I like it when they wear uniforms that don't have like all the school colors or the right colors because people get really mad about it. And I enjoy that. So that's there you go. I would I, I would I would go for like coming out in like red and gray one time just to throw people off. People <laughs> would not be happy with that.
1: Yeah. No. Northwest wears yeah, red be sometimes. Northwest, we? is? Northwest Missouri State. Oh, no. They'll do they'll wear a red Paul. Um yeah. Well they'll do yeah. black and red. So I mean, they they do that.
2: I support that.
3: I guess when you have a lot of national championships, you just do whatever you whatever want to do. Yeah.
2: It works. Yep.
1: So that was last last question there.
3: Yep, that was it. Sorry for all those other questions that didn't get answered, but some of them felt like they were just rhetorical. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> some of them were, some of them were um, questions. I mean, some, some yeah,
3: some of them were questions, and I don't know what's going to happen with Wisconsin's coach, I, so. I think I saw one of them. I, I,
2: I think I saw one of them that said, "Why are you the way that you are?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, uh, Missouri travels down to the swamp 11 a.m. You can check that out. I don't know what channel that's on, but I'm sure you can Google it and figure right. it out. Um, <laughs> so, great <laughs> podcast hosting by me for not having that ready for you. It feels like an it feels like a CBS game. Um, if I had to guess, it feels like it would be,
2: no, no, it's on one of the Probably. ESPN sec network type. Great. Right. Now I'm gonna
1: have to Google it. I mean, uh, i just looking right.
3: It's sorry. on ESPNU at 11 AM. All
1: there you right. Go. There you go. ESPNU 11 AM. There you go. Uh, make sure to watch the game. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, maybe talking college hoops, who knows? Um, see how that we'll see how the Florida game goes
2: hey it is is a bye week after Florida so there's a there's a natural little break point there
1: talk some hoops some some impressions from Mizzou madness we can get all that in there but thank you for listening to this week's edition of Mizzou that's we will be back next week so until then we'll talk to you later